0: Good day, folks, and thank you for joining me on a, another podcast. I'm going to do something today that, uh, well, hopefully do it in the next few. Someone had asked me a question. A few people have asked me questions, I should say, and I wanted to do maybe a couple of podcasts that would answer questions that have been asked of me, If hoping, hoping I have the answers. But the question, this particular one, they – party wanted to know about Jesus and Christianity as a religion. Is Jesus, did Jesus start another religion? Is Christianity just another religion? Or is what Jesus brought to us something other than a religion? And so it's a very interesting topic. And I think that the reason the person asked the question is probably because one of the things a lot of people are thinking is that Christianity has become just another religion. And and I think I've mentioned this before in other podcasts, I do not think Jesus came to start another religion. I think uh, Jesus came to bring us into a real personal, intimate relationship with God one-on-one that would not be about uh, what we have today, organized, centralized type of religion. And I think if you really go back to even when God raised up the nation of Israel with Abraham, and uh, then, of course, uh, after that through Moses, the even the Mosaic Covenant, what, what God did there is he raised up a people that were going to be a light to the world, and he was going to be their king. They were going to be in a relationship with him. There wasn't going to be really any man ruling over them. It was going to be God, and they were going to have a relationship with God, And of course, he raises up the priest, yes, and all of the sacrifices that were done and everything that was there, the laws were made to make them a distinct nation separate from everybody else. And the sacrifice and offerings would all point to Jesus. The whole point of everything was to one day the Messiah would come and all of the everything that was done under the Mosaic Covenant was just prefiguring Christ. It was to bring the people to Christ. But as Jesus, when he came, he said, look, the Mosaic Covenant, the most important law of all was what? Love love the Lord thy God, heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And and basically, when we walk in love, as Paul writes in the New Covenant, he said, love is the fulfillment of all law. So, even in, in the nation of Israel, that was never meant to be a religion. It was meant to be people having a relationship with God, and that they would be a light to the world, as I just mentioned. Now, What happened is, what turned things around is the people asked for a king. All of a sudden, they wanted to be like the other nations around about them. And basically what they're saying is God's no longer going to be our king. We're going to have an earthly king so we can be like all the other nations. And that started them on a really a wrong road. And God let them know through Samuel, well, look, uh, you guys want a king. And he paints a picture for them that's not a really pretty picture, and then, of course, as time went on, uh, you come all the way through the age of the, the law, the prophets, and preceding Christ, a few hundred years before that, you have it, different groups of uh, Jewish folk that are forming, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, uh, you had the Essenes, uh, later on the Zealots, and uh, Herodians, and all of that, but... When the Pharisees and Sadducees started to lead over the people, then they wrote their Mishnah, their Talmud, and all of a sudden, people are following the Mishnah, the Talmud, and little by little, what I'm saying is what God set up to be this beautiful thing of loving and serving God and loving and serving others was more and more becoming a religion, why? Because again, they were started to follow books and they started to follow traditions. And Jesus actually told the Pharisees at one time, he said, you've making your traditions and everything you're doing here, you're making it equal with God. And it, and it, it, it just wasn't so. So God's plan has always been to have a relationship with him, with Jesus now being what? The king, the Lord, our Lord and our king, everything, everything uh, that God had planned was finalized with the coming of Jesus, God's Son, and the calling was always to have a relationship with Him one-on-one, and when you had a relationship with Jesus one-on-one, you had a relationship with God the Father, because Jesus is this express image of the living God, and what Jesus called everyone to do, follow me, and if you're following me, you're following the Father also, and the key to the whole thing, as I mentioned, love is the fulfillment of law. A relationship with Jesus is built around falling in love with him and following him, allowing him to love you, and then you grow more and more in his love. Now, I'll say this in religion, and I think this is applicable to a lot of what's happened over the years. Man would rather live out of law sometimes than he would rather live out of love. Why? Well, in some cases, it's easier. Why is it easier? Because man finds loopholes, and he picks and chooses which laws he's going to follow. And then you begin to believe that that's the way to go, and you begin to think, well, I'm following God because I'm following his laws, when in fact the law was never given to make us perfect or righteous. The law was given to point us to Jesus because we were going to be sinners in need of a savior. So law is never the answer, and religion will always be built around law. And man tries to convince himself that he is following God By following the Lord. I know this is a a kind of a controversial thing because people always say, well, you know, you can't live any way you want. No, when you fall in love with Jesus, you will not live any way you want. You fall in love with anyone. And love changes things. But again, I think in religion you live out of law, and when you're living out of law, you're really living out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I'm talking about when you look at the law and think that the law is going to make you righteous then you're living out of the knowledge of good and evil because in the day you eat thereof, you become what? As God. And all of a sudden, you're headed down a self-righteous path, and that's a dangerous game to play. When you do that, you're playing right into the enemy's hands. All religious people, and I'm not talking about just, uh, I mean, we're addressing here Christianity, but all religions. People, in essence, through religion, are trying to redeem themselves, even though they sometimes don't even see it, or sometimes don't even want to admit it. And when you're trying to redeem yourself, that's a a, a really difficult road to go down. Now, you can be listening to me right now and say, well, that's silly. People don't try to redeem themselves. Yeah, people will say, Christ is my savior. And then it's like the rest of their life, they're living a life where they're really following law more than they're following love. And they really are trying to without realizing it. It's like, well, redemption's part God, pot me. And I had a person one time, I was uh, teaching Sunday school, and a person one time, I was telling them we're not saved by the law. And they said, yes, but we got to keep the law after we're saved. I said, well, there's nobody that's ever kept the law after they're saved. Because one time you break the law, you've broke the whole law. And I don't think any of us have been perfect from the time we were redeemed. We've all sinned since we've been redeemed. So none of us have kept the law since we were. And God understood that even back in the old covenant. He gave them uh, the sacrifices. Part of that was to cover up their sin because he knew when he gave the law, they weren't going to keep the law. He knew the law was never the answer. He knew that Jesus as our redeemer, the way, the truth, and the life was going to be the only answer. And I'm saying this uh, because I'm speaking from my own experiences. I was a very, I grew up a religious person. And i be honest with you, when I got redeemed, I thought I was coming out of religion. And to be honest with you, I went right back into religion. And it became more and more religious. And religious people are, what was I like? I was uptight, uh, sometimes judgmental with others. Why was I judgmental with others? Because I was constantly judging myself. And sometimes you get angry with others. Why? Because you're angry with yourself. Uh, religious people, oh, how can I I, I, I know this is going to sound critical. Religious people tend to turn people off rather than draw people to Jesus. And uh, religious people can say all the right things. But you know what? Our lives speak so much louder than our words. People need to see Jesus in us not hear about them from our lips, but actually also see them in our lives. Now, what do you see in religion? Well, I think we're seeing it played out over the years. We're seeing it now. Religion is marked by denominational divisions, doctrinal disputes. And and, and sometimes it goes on and on to the point where people split up and they don't even want to be with you. How often... Those of you who are listening, have you seen splits in your own church? That's not of Jesus. And sometimes religious people will try to convince themselves everything's okay when really deep down inside, they know it's not. And as I'm saying this, I, I can't tell you this, that Jesus has taught me over the years. Don't you dare judge another person because you've been this religious person yourself. And he spoke to me a while back and says, if you're going to tell people and you're going to speak this way that it's religious, it's not going to do any good just to tell people what it's not. You're going to have to tell people what it really is. Exposing deception without walking into truth is pretty much being stuck in the mud, stuck in quicksand. Did Jesus expose the hidden works of darkness and the religious the religious doctrine of his day with the with the Pharisees and others? Yes, he did. He called it out, but he also showed people the way out that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that the truth his truth would actually set you free. so what is Christianity? As I mentioned, it's a one-on-one relationship with God through Jesus where you love and serve him and you love and serve others, particularly you love and serve your brother and sister in Christ. John wrote one time and he said, how can you even say you love God if you don't love your brother and sister in Christ? That's a pretty strong message and that's why we talked earlier about divisions in the church. Look, people are going to have differences. Yes, I understand that. That's all a part of life. But I think we're supposed to settle those. We're not supposed to hold grudges, separate from each other, not talk about, I mean, not even talk to each other. I mean, that's, that's, that's when you know you're becoming religious. You're going to have differences with people, but still you pray for them. You wish nothing but the best for them. And Jesus actually taught us how to deal with that. He said, go to the person one-on-one. And if they don't want to hear you, bring somebody else. And if they refuse to acknowledge, then he said, bring them before the church. But the whole point is, if you're going to have differences and they're not going to be settled, let it be on the other person, not on you. As we grow in grace and in love with Jesus— Christianity is actually reflecting his character. Uh people that would be around us, it would be like when they're around us, they're seeing Jesus. The best example I can think of is the sun is the is the brightest of lights. And what do the stars do? They reflect the light of the sun. Now there's only one sun, S U N, and all those other stars will never be the sun. And there's only one son of God, S-O-N, and we're not going to be the son, but we can be a reflection of his character and his kingdom. But when I talk about character and kingdom, character's an inner man thing. And you see, religion really doesn't focus on the inner man. Religion features the outer man. And that's what Jesus was trying to expose with the Pharisees, especially in the Sermon on the Mount. And at one time he told them, "Look, you guys, first clean the inside of the cup, because we're not changed by the outside in. The only thing that's ever going to happen positive is in our life is from the inside out. But religion is deceptive; it features the outer, and then tells you you're okay if the outer's okay." Religion will be, well, what Jesus pointed out to the Pharisees, as long as you pray long enough, which Jesus said they did, and as long as you give enough, and Jesus said they tithe right down to mint and cumin, as long as you assemble enough, and they were always in the temple, then you can do all those religious things and never deal with the hurt, the pain, the fear, the insecurity, the hurtful things that have happened to you, the things that are causing you to be angry, judgmental, prejudiced, divisive, things that are driving you crazy and others crazy. Religion will tell you to suppress those things. And you try to cover it up with a religious cloak and a religious code that you live by, before your religious buddies who will tell you I'm okay, you're okay. And again, I'm speaking from experience here. Jesus came to bring us back into what we had lost, a loving, intimate walk with him one-on-one. Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden one-on-one. We lost it in the garden when man decided to be a god unto himself. Why would we ever want anything but that? And why does religion fear that? Religion thinks that if you have that kind of a relationship with God, that if you don't govern people with law, that they're going to live any way they want. And Jesus with his apostles and his disciples as they follow him, did he expose, did Jesus talk about sin and expose sin? Jesus warned of hell, yes, but understand the consta- context of of everything that Jesus did. Jesus would already set people free—the woman at the well, Mary Magdalene, others. He would set. Then he would say, "Go and sin no more." Now, why would he say that to them? Because they were so caught up in his presence, his power, his, that his love, his grace, everything that they had done, that they were they were enthralled. They were they fell in love with him. And so what he was telling them is, now you're set free from everything that had you in bondage. And so then he would tell them, go and sin no more. Did he start out by pointing out their sin? That that wouldn't, no, once he set them free, go and sin no more. Now, does that mean they were going to be perfect from that point on? No, Peter denied Jesus three times. None of us are going to be perfect from that point on. God knows that. He understands that. His grace is sufficient. He's a forgiving, forbearing, loving God. And when Jesus spoke and warned of hell, and I could do a whole thing on that, understand the context. He was speaking to evil. He was warning against what was going to happen when evil reigned and people rejected him. The people that Jesus did speak out strongly against were the self-righteous religious people. Why? To show them they're, they're false, how false they, and deceitfully they were hiding behind their religion. And when Jesus spoke against sin, he was speaking against the whole embodiment of sin as being harmful, destructive for everyone. He spoke against the whole satanic, manipulative, evil plan, antichrist plan to control mankind and reject God's lordship. Speaking of exposing things, I mean, could we see anything more clearly that's what's being exposed today, the evil that God is exposing in every aspect of life? He's doing it not only in... Religion he's doing in finance in government in hollywood uh he's doing it everywhere he's exposing the evil he couldn't be making any plainer, but what's the answer is the answer well if we if we've got this kind of evil in the world, let's just have more laws. Oh my goodness gracious, guys, we've got thousands and thousands of laws. Do you know that you and I are listening, everybody listening to me right now, in the next month, somewhere along the line, you're going to break a law. And you're not probably going to know it because there's that many laws. So laws are not going to be the answer. Something has to change on the inside. And only Jesus can do that. He's the only answer falling in love with him, walking with him, one-on-one in an intimate personal relationship where Jesus is so real to you that he speaks to you about absolutely everything in your life. And he does it in such a way with his love, grace, mercy, and kindness that even when he's rebuking you, you accept it because you say, like, I know you love me. We have that kind of a relationship. And again, I mentioned this earlier when Peter wrote James and John were called out by Jesus. They were so enthralled, so captivated by his love, grace, mercy, righteousness, holiness, that things fell off their lives. Their whole attitudes, goals, motives, plans, likes, dislikes, and desires over time began to reflect those of Jesus because they were following him and they were madly in love with him. Religion can't do that. Religion will never lift up and exalt the real Jesus because religion loves its power and control over people. And I know when you talk about living out of love and grace, people think, well, people will live any way they want. Well, the question is, if you're going to live any way you want, what do you want? Because people that are falling in, fallen in love with Jesus, that are following him in love, they might not be perfect, but they're going to want what he wants. If you're in love with someone, do you look to hurt them? Do you look to see how much I can get away with today? Good luck with that. Good luck with that in a marriage. And and the funny thing is Christ, we're, we're called the bride of Christ. And again, are we going to be perfect? No, we're not. Do you sometimes hurt the one that you love? Yes, you do. And what do you do then? I'm sorry. Christianity, they call it repentance, but basically it's saying, and it's not saying I'm, I'm sorry because I want to eat dinner tonight and I want you to cook it for me. I'm sorry because I hurt you. And there's going to be quite a few sorries along the way. Why? Not because we're flipping or uncaring or, or trying to abuse his grace. Because we got issues, folks. We got a lot of natural man issues. And we need to acknowledge them. We need to talk to Jesus about them. The first thing we got to do is be so close to him where he can show it to us. We got to discuss it with him. We got to grow in grace and the knowledge of him. And we know the more we know him, the more we love him. The love relationship keeps growing. Do you know the, the Mosaic covenant? The law was written on stone. Jesus' covenant, the new covenant, it's sealed with his Holy Spirit. And you know where the, his law is written? It's written upon our hearts in love. He doesn't write his law on stone. Christianity writes it upon your heart and love. And you're going to love and serve him? You're going to love and serve others? Because the spirit in you is the spirit of Jesus, and you actually begin to reflect who Jesus is. And I just mentioned the Holy Spirit, and that's, that's the key in Christianity, is that Jesus... The new covenant is sealed with his Holy Spirit that he gives to us. Imagine having the very Spirit of Jesus in you. Religion doesn't always honor the Holy Spirit, religion will not always let the Spirit of Christ have his way. I had a man in the church one time, he was a leader in the church. And he was talking about what was going on in the church at that time. And there was a, uh, well, there was a pretty much an emphasis on, there was a whole battle going on about law versus religion, whether they want to come right out and say that. The fact is it was going on. And this particular man said, we cannot let the Holy Spirit just set the standards. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, do you realize what you're saying when you're saying that? that Jesus by his Holy Spirit cannot lead his people and correct his people when they need correction, rebuke his people when they need rebuking, encourage his people exhort his people when they need exhorting and encouraging, love on his people all the time that he does. You're saying the Holy Spirit can't do that, that man has to do that. Man has to step in And I, you know, I heard it recently. I've heard it several times recently that the criticism that certain people or ministers or whatever, they don't speak out enough against sin in their church. Okay, if you want to spend a church service speaking out against sin, you're going to be there all day. And I don't mean just the overt sins that we talk about like we'll talk about addictions or sexual immorality and and we'll point all that out and and you can say truthfully so how that can harm people and hurt people and then you start you feel good about yourself that I spoke out against sin well how about all the covert sin how about all the other sins you're going to be I know Christians who all their lives have been angry judgmental hurtful and have become very self-righteous, and that's all sin. So we're going to spend all our time in the church service speaking out against everybody's sin. And furthermore, when you just speak out against sin, that doesn't set anybody free from sin. Sin is destructive. Sin is harmful. Of course it is. For that matter, it harms you more for a Christian. A Christian has eternal life, but he can ruin his life on earth through certain behaviors. Of course he can And there comes a time when I was pastoring that, yeah, you talk to people one-on-one and you count them, you try to help them, encourage them, exhort them, and help them to see things that are going on. But to, to spend a church service pointing out people's sins would be there all day because guess what? We got issues. I wish that I could tell you that everybody gets set free from everything in life. I wish I could tell you that. And can God do that sometimes? He absolutely does. There's people that can be immediately set free from things in life. And you know what? There's other things that people do not get set free from. Paul prayed. He said, I prayed to the Lord three times one time to set me free from something. You know what he told me? My strength is made perfect in your weakness. There are things and sometimes I think God leaves in my life. Why? Because it keeps me dependent upon Him. So every day I'm humbled and I have to cry out to Him. Again, Christianity is people falling madly in love with Jesus and without trying, without trying to make themselves better. Self-discipline can be a good thing in certain areas of life, but self-discipline can't hit you in your soul where you need to be hit. It can correct some things in on the outside. The biggest changes that have ever been made in my life by Jesus have been as I've walked along with him, I've prayed about things and didn't even realize they were happening until after the fact when I realized, oh my God, I'm actually grown in that area. It's like watching a person grow up. A kid doesn't even know he's growing. And then one day somebody tells him, wow, you got tall. And he wasn't even conscious of it. how did he get tall? The natural result of living life. And how do we change in Jesus? By loving him, following him. And out of his love, grace, mercy, kindness, and healing, things fall off our life. Not because somebody told us. Not because somebody forced us. And Jesus will never control you. And Jesus will never heard you. He goes before you and calls you, lovingly calls to you as a good shepherd and says, follow me. People who fall in love with Jesus don't have to follow doctrine, denominational doctrines and different church standards. They're following their Lord, their Redeemer, their friend and their lover. They're lockstep with Jesus. Religious people will talk a lot of scripture, quote a lot of scripture. People that are in love with Jesus live out the word of God, Jesus. They live it out. They live out the kingdom of God. They live out the law that's written on their heart. The written word became the living word full of grace and truth. The law of God is Jesus. Following and falling in love with Jesus is following the law. To know him is to know God the Father. To follow him is to live out the will, the law of God. But it's not the law of sin and death. It's the law of the spirit of life in Christ. That has set us free from the law of sin and death. He is the way, the truth, the life. He's the only source of life. And we cannot let religion blind us and bind us to the only one who is our joy, our rest, our peace, our hope, our health, our righteousness, our holiness, our all in all. Religious people think they'll find holiness in the law. There's only one holy one. Only one holy one, his name is Jesus. And the only holiness that's going to ever come out through us is his holiness. Through a working of his Holy Spirit in us and through us, his holiness comes forth through us. He is the only holy one. And to him goes all of praise, glory, and honor. Okay. That's a half an hour. I don't want to go any longer than that. But uh, I'm hoping that helps the person that asked the question. And I had a, another – we'll do another one. Another person asked me recently – well, not recently. It was a little while back. They had called me up. It was someone that I knew, and they were asking me about their uh, their son. And the question was something that was going on with their son. They wanted to know, do you have to believe – That Jesus is God to be redeemed. And so the uh, next podcast I want to look at that. It's kind of an interesting question, and it it can be a controversial answer that I'll wind up giving, but uh, it is interesting. So the next podcast we'll do will be on that do you have to believe Jesus is God in order to be redeemed? And by the way, in doing this, if there is interest, I would not mind doing podcasts, just answering people's questions. Because uh, I mean, what's on your mind? What's on your heart? If there's something that that you want to ask, and you think that I could help you along the way, then please, uh, those of you who are uh, a friend on Facebook, just message me. And if there's others, with, I know this goes out on the, uh, well, it used to be one platform now. I guess it's uh, Spotify. But if there is people that hear it on there, if, if there is questions that you want to ask, then well, I guess I could give my email. I don't know. You are supposed to give your email out, but it's Frank dot Decotis d e c o t i s Frank dot at aol. Old school. Frank dot at at aol. So anyway, if there's interest in that, I would be more than happy. If if there is, there is. If there isn't, there isn't. But if you have any questions, please don't hesitate, and hopefully I can help you along the way. So God bless, and thank you very much for listening.